This podcast is proudly brought to you by Sky Racing and Ingress, number one in its field. Presenting part two of our podcast interview with Lindsay Murphy, currently the general manager of racecourses for the Australian Turf Club, but he recently announced his retirement after 42 years in the business. Lynn's you and Bernadette were blessed with four great kids, two of each. Tim yeah. trained horses briefly, didn't he? He did. Tim um, went for a period. He trained as a locksmith when he left school and became a quite a good locksmith, but then he did a stint at um, Bart Cummings's. Um, he always loved the horses. He rode work while the training was on at Canterbury and then um, when that closed, he used to go up to Warwick Farm before school and other times to ride work, and he loved it. So then he did a stint with Bart and um, learned a lot there off Bart, became his provincial foreman. He used to take the horses to Newcastle or Kembla or whatever on those sad days and um, eventually got the opportunity to train for himself for his father-in-law, Trevor Wells, down at Kembla. So he trained down there for a while and was – had a nice bit of success, but um, other things have changed. And Tim's now uh, then sent himself to uni and is an engineer now, civil engineer. Mm. He doesn't mind a bit of study by the sound of it. No, well, <laughs> I don't know. I think he's probably over it now. But, um, uh, yeah, the horses were great. And, um, as I say, he had some success there, which was very pleasing and very satisfying and, you know, I think given the opportunity, he'd probably prefer to be doing that again, but we all know what a hard caper it is. Mm. Jill is doing her PhD in psychology and she's working part-time on the Sky Racing production team. That's right, yeah. Jill works every Saturday with Sky, um, producing the race day coverage and um, it's great. She loves that, loves the involvement. She's been involved in a lot of different aspects of it as well. Jill was actually the first racing manager for Nathan Tinkler when he started out, and then she moved from there to become racing manager for Tony Noonan down in Melbourne. She was um, doing that for a good while and then had worked at TVN in the production side and so on, but then, like, Tim actually said, no, no, there's more to this than that, so she Mm. was in Melbourne but said, I'm going to come back to Sydney and go to uni and do psychology thinking it would be sports psychology and be able to work with the jockeys and racing people and go. She saw there was a, a need for that. But um, so she's been hugely successful in that now and um, is progressing on to a PhD. Joanne lives at Dubbo. Her husband, Sam Fitzgerald, was actually a stipendiary steward with the WDRA, but he's in a new career now. Yes, Sam's moved on to a... Uh, a job with the land environment and looking after their regulations and making sure everyone complies there as a compliance officer. But Joanne met Sam. Um, she was actually working at Racing New South Wales as Ray Murray's PA. And Sam came on board as a cadet steward and they hit up a friendship and now they're married, living in Dubbo because Sam got moved to Dubbo. Mm with the stewards, as always happens. And so she didn't go out initially, but then a job came up at the zoo was the PA to the CEO at the zoo. And um, she applied for that and finished up getting the job. So she moved out to Dubbo as well. And mm. now they build a house there and got a lovely son and um, 
Yeah, having a ball out there. And young Patrick Murphy, you could see very early in the piece that Pat was going to be a jockey. What were the earliest signs? Oh, yeah, no, he just always said he had. As I said, we had ponies at the in our backyard and looked after them and he'd always want to be Shane Dye or someone like that and mm. on these ponies and always wanted to be a jockey. And he used to go down to track work and stuck up a huge friendship with Skeeter Hazelden, of all people. Um, mm. Skeeter took him under his wing. I don't know whether that was good or bad for Patrick. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, Skeeter, a lovely bloke, and took him under his wing and they used to poke around and it was always destined to be a jockey. But I said, well, burned it. And I said, you've got to do your HSC and get that out of the way first. Mm. He didn't apply himself that greatly to it, but he did and got through his HSC. Everything was good. And then the next week virtually he started with Guy Walter. Yep. He rode 400 winners in a short career lens before weight got him. He rates appearance, a mare called appearance, as the best one he rode. He won a two-year-old maiden on appearance at Canterbury in 2011. Yeah, no, that was a huge thrill, actually, at the time, not knowing what appearance had go on to was as the case with all of those horses but um to win a race was in the old Dali colors at the time the maroon and um yeah to win a race at canterbury in the Dali colors was um a huge thrill and then down the track to see what appearance went on to do was um, mm. very satisfying i'll tell you what she did she won four group ones she yeah. won a Maya classic a coolmore classic a queen of the turf a Canterbury Stakes and about $1.7 million, a bonnie mare. Yeah, no, she certainly was. And, um, yeah, she was a nice horse too and, you know, didn't have a lot of runs either and to get those um, four group ones was quite amazing and, yeah, just very pleasing. Uh, There is a photo of that adorned on Patrick's wall at home. I'll bet there is and it'll be a talking point. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Lens Patrick had to give it away for the sake of his health in the end, but he has the perfect compromise because his partner, Tash Burley, is a young trainer going places and the pair are doing a really good job with a team of 14 or 15 horses at Goulburn and they've got two runners in the country championship final on the 6th of April. That's a feather in their cap. Yeah, no, that's quite amazing, uh, John. Tash and Pat got together when they were still riding and then Tash was about to give it away and Patrick had struck up a relationship with Graham Spackman at Goulburn and um, that was all fantastic and the opportunity came for Tash to take over as Graham's foreman there so she did that and then Graham fell into ill health which was a terrible tragedy and all happened so quickly he said look you should take over these stables and go and that was at the time Patrick was retiring from the saddle at the same time and um, uh, was all in awkward circumstances and terrible circumstances but Tash said yep okay the time's probably right then with this opportunity so she did and um, uh, the rest is history she's had a huge amount of success they do it in tandem, the pair of them, and ride all their work. And uh, they've got a couple of staff on the ground now, which is helping because they're going to a lot more race meetings and so on now. But, yeah, the fact of Quinellaring that country championship heat was 
quite unbelievable. They had three runners in the race and, um, you know, you never envisage that you're going to Cornella. They knew the horses no. both had ability and that's they had set them for that race for the last six months. Al Mahaha, who actually won the heat, was sent out there. Chris Waller trained it formally, but the trainer, uh, the owners saw it as an opportunity for this horse to be a country championships type horse. Mm. So, and they picked Tash to train it, which was a great feather. And the other horse is a horse called Bocelli that's owned mm. by Waratah Thoroughbreds, Paul Fudge, who's yep. got horses all around the world. And he's always had a few horses with Tash, has seen that opportunity. And, you know, they've grabbed it with both hands. And next thing you get two in the final, which is going to be very exciting, win, lose or draw. The sale that has produced the likes of the Autumn Sun, Merchant Navy, Estajab, Russian Revolution, Moss Fun, Pino and Flying Artie in recent years has again attracted a stunning catalogue for 2019. The Australian Easter Yearling Sale catalogue is now available online and its depth and quality is again without peer in the Southern Hemisphere's Yearling Sales season. Among this year's spectacular Easter catalogue of 450 yearlings are 39 siblings to Group 1 winners like the Autumn Sun, Merchant Navy, Sunlight, Lankan Rupee, Brazen Bow, Shulls, Faulkner, Star Spangled Banner, Catchy, Dundeal, I Victory, Lucky Bubbles, Shooting to Win, She Will Reign, Seamus Award and Pino. There is also the progeny of 34 Group 1 winning mares such as Hasna, River Dove, Pear Tart, Our Egyptian Rain, Rostova, Steps in Time, Brazilian Pulse, Provocative, Headway and Dizelle. The 2019 English Easter Yearling Sale is just bursting with quality. Look for the catalogue online. Looking back on 42 years in racing in Sydney, who are the people who had the most influence on your career? Let me throw in a couple of early ones that you may not even think of in this uh, segment, in this section. Clarence the Clocker and Ken Howard, who between them whetted your appetite when you think about it. Yeah, actually, yeah, you don't think of them as having an influence on my career. That That's a very good point you raised, but they did. They, they were huge and, you know... Um, to, to listen to those folks, Ken Howard, I remember going up, oh, it was in the late 60s, I think, mm. Silver Slipper Stakes Day, they had the white race book. I remember going up the top of the Rose Hill Grandstand, which was the public stand at the time, you know, for, well, you're in the box at the day that I was there. Yeah, I would Knocked be. on the yeah. door, excuse me, Mr. Howard, could I get the autograph and go and he did. He signed the front of my race book, which had a white cover, and it was fantastic. I've still got that here today. I didn't ask for your autograph, but um, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, was, hey, I was deeply hurt on the day too, I might add. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. you no, know, but it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, he, Ken Howard was a great showman, and in the pre-television era, Ken could make a Gosford maiden sound like a Melbourne Cup and nobody could tell the difference. <laughs> That's right. So exactly. in his own way, he was responsible for bringing thousands of people to the races. He made it sound so damn good. 
yeah, no, his voice was just synonymous with horse racing and everyone now, you know, you talk of anyone and even non-racing people will know the name Ken Howard and, you know, his involvement in the racing and he was certainly a, a showman, as you say. Racing will continue to be very prominent on your social agenda in future years. You've got a terrific interest now with horses trained by Tash and Patrick at Goulburn, but you must have a bucket list of places and races that you want to see. Yeah, there's plenty, actually. There's um, I, I still take every opportunity I can, even while I've been working, to um, get to as many different race meetings. I, I love the... Not the novelty aspect. I just love getting out there. They're great people. It's a great day. And, you know, if it's a bigger meeting in Sydney I, and I was off, I'd turn up and people say, what are you doing here? It's your day off. Mm. I said, well, we keep telling people in this business how great a day a race day is and what you should be doing and how enjoyable it is. So I want to come and enjoy it as well. I believe that, you know. So mm. it is a great day. But, no, there's a stack of them that I used to get the – a few more when it was back in the Sydney Turf Club days because I'd have AJC sad days off and that was fine. But since the merger, it's been virtually every weekend and there are a number of meetings. Kuta Mundra is on um, the long weekend in October, which is always Epsom time and uh, a couple of meetings at Easter around the country that, um, you know, I've always wanted to get to and go, but, We've had to race and I've had commitments and couldn't miss those meetings because um, of work, so miss our own meeting. So I couldn't get to them. So no, I'm looking forward to getting to a stack of them. I'm actually heading to Broome about a fortnight after I retire for the <laughs> Broome Cup. They tell me it's a ripper meeting. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it actually, so yeah. You made a million friends in 42 years in the Sydney racing industry and all of them will remember you as a bloke with a ready smile, a bloke who was there to help at all times, and as a bloke with a tremendous passion for the game. I think that sums up Lindsay Murphy. Yeah, um, yeah that's um, very humbling. There's a huge passion for the game. Um, my role, I see it, is to try and help. Um, there are times when I did take over when I started, there used to be a bit of an us and them mentality, I believe, between race clubs and participants and so on in it that, no, no, we're controlling this show. And I have never seen it like that. I don't believe that's the case. I saw it as, well, we're here to help. And if we can do something different that helps a trainer train a winner, well, that's um, what we're there for. So, you know, if we can give do them a favour that, they might see that'll help their horse. Well, we'll do that because um, we want to see them train as many winners as they can or ride as many winners as they can, however possible it can be. And it's we're all in this together, so it's not an us and them. A long, happy and healthy retirement, Lindsay, and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks very much, John. Very much enjoyable. And this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. The sale that has produced the likes of the Autumn Sun, Merchant Navy, Esther Jarb, Russian Revolution, Moss Fun, Pino, and Flying Artie in recent years has again attracted a stunning catalogue for 2019. 
the Australian Easter Yearling Sale catalogue is now available online and its depth and quality is again without peer in the Southern Hemisphere's Yearling Sale season. Among this year's spectacular Easter catalogue of 450 yearlings are 39 siblings to Group 1 winners like the Autumn Sun, Merchant Navy, Sunlight, Lankan Rupee, Brazen Bow, Shulls, Faulkner, Star Spangled Banner, Catchy, Dundeal, I Victory, Lucky Bubbles, Shooting to Win, She Will Reign, Seamus Award and Pino. There is also the progeny of 34 Group 1 winning mares such as Hasna, River Dove, Pear Tart, Our Egyptian Rain, Rostova, Steps in Time, Brazilian Pulse, Provocative, Headway and Dizelle. The 2019 English Easter Yearling Sale is just bursting with quality. Look for the catalogue online.